You are listening to the Flea Flicker Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode six of the Flea Flicker NFL Show. I'm your host, Reba Moore, and I'm not joined by Amal Ronak today. I'm actually doing... I'm by myself today, so we'll see how that goes. First solo podcast. Hopefully it goes well. Um, also, I just want to comment that I'm watching the Cardinals 49ers game right now, Thursday Night Football. 49ers are undefeated 7-0. The Cardinals are 3-4-1 with rookie Kyler Murray. Currently, they're winning 7-0. And I'm kind of hyped that I'm watching this game while I'm recording this. So if I ever, you know, make noises and start sharing out of control you you know why um i'm kind of hyped to watch this game also because i haven't watched kyler murray play and i haven't really watched a good 49ers game i watched a part of that redskins game and it just wasn't good because you know it was like pouring or whatever anyway back to the topic um i want to talk about nfl trade deadline a little bit i want to talk about um I'm going to do my week seven recaps. And right now, I'm going to say the 49ers beat the Cardinals even with the 7 0 lead. Just want to have that prediction in before the game ends because I like to have my predictions in. And Amal also chose the 49ers, I believe, as well. Um, So let's jump into it. So the trade deadline was October 29th of, uh, so on Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern time. And. I'm going to be straight up honest. This trade deadline was the worst trade deadline of all time. Like, Tom Brady's the GOAT. This trade deadline was, the 2019 trade deadline, was the GOAT of terrible trade deadlines. 100% nothing happened. There were so many rumors about the Eagles trading for Darius Slay. Um, you had Browns trading for Terrence uh, Trent Williams from the Redskins, the offensive lineman. You had so many things going on and just nothing came to fruition. And... There were a couple of trades, and um, I'm going to highlight those real quick. First, there was a trade on Monday, um, and it was before the Monday night game, the Steelers and Dolphins. Kenyon Drake was traded to the Arizona Cardinals for, I believe, a fifth-round a fifth pick. I'm going to fact-check that. But really, this, this is kind of telling about how much faith the Cardinals have in um, David Johnson right now because... He's hurt, and the fact that they just traded at the trade deadline for a player really, um, well, I mean, it shows you they don't have faith in David Johnson staying healthy, and I think that's just that's kind of a huge deal uh, for at least me personally. Um, so just looking at it, um, Kenyon Drake goes to the Cardinals, and he's going to be with David Johnson, who's right now hurt. Chase and Chase Edmonds, who is also, I believe, hurt. So right now he's playing the lead back role, I assume. And this trade for the Dolphins, I mean, they're selling ship. They also made another terrible trade on Tuesday. The only trade of the trade deadline, which again is mediocre, the fact that there's only one trade. Um, they're selling everyone. They already sold, sold Minka Fitzpatrick. They already sold um, Laramie Tonsil. Both those were like studs who other teams were building around. They're not. Kenyon Drake was a solid player. Kenyon Drake's right now taking some carries at 
running back. So this should be fun to watch. Um, anyway, just just a bad trade deadline, and this is a fair trade, I guess. Like your Kenny Hendrick didn't want to be there. No one wants to really be in Miami, and like the four, they're getting draft picks or whatever. So it's I I don't have a problem with this trade. The second trade though, I have a problem with like a massive problem with. Um, so the Rams, the LA Rams traded Aqib Talib, cornerback Aqib Talib, to the Dolphins for a fifth round pick. This is a mediocre trade in my opinion because, first of all, Aqib Talib is an old guy. Second of all, he's on IR. So and third of all, he has a pretty big contract. So you're trading for him. I think this just shows that really the the Dolphins are tanking. Like there's no question about it anymore. There, this is a terrible trade. In general, like good trade for the uh, Rams because they just traded away. Um, they just traded for John Ramsey. They're gonna give him a, b- a big extension. This re- can really help them, cap room wise. Oh my god! Um, so the Niners defense just completely closed the pocket. D Ford just completely smacked Kyler Murray, and I, I mean the Cardinals' O line still has something to work on, but that Forty ers defensive front is real, man just completely barreled past that right tackle. Don't know who that is because the uh, Cardinals O-line is really no names, but that is, it is what it is. Anyway, going back to that trade, that trade is just not a good trade for the Dolphins. It's re- a good trade for the um, Rams. They're getting a fifth-round pick for a guy who's hurt right now. He's old. He's not in their future plans, and they're getting cap space relief. So good trade for them, bad trade for Miami, but Miami is... Miami is doing Miami things right now. I haven't really seen anything else like it in football. So moving on to our next segment, I am going to talk about the week, um, week seven games, and it should be fun and it should be nice. We'll see how it goes. Um, so just jumping right into it. So I don't know. I keep saying week seven, but there it's it was actually week eight. So I, I bet there are people down there already yelling at me for being an idiot, but it is what it is. So we're going to start with the Monday night game. Um, so the Steelers went, uh, the Dolphins went into Steel, uh, into Pittsburgh, and they lost 14-27. to They actually jumped out to a 14-0 to lead. It was kind of impressive. And then Mason Rudolph got the offense going. James Conner. Got hurt in this game. He has an AC joint something or another. He hurt his knee. And he went off and he helped spark that offense in the second half. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had 103 yards on five receptions and he had a touchdown. That touchdown catch he grabbed was insane, by the way. Like, that was crazy. Um, overall, I mean, Mason Rudolph, he he's showing some things. But the Dolphins, again, this just shows how bad they are. There was the third and 20 with like less than a minute left in that second half and the first half. And they were all playing back like off coverage. And they literally allowed the Steelers to score like a catch and run touchdown. Like the guy caught it like 10 yards away from the line of scrimmage or whatever. And he ran that 10 yards and then he ran like 30 more to score a touchdown. Like the Dolphins just don't know what they're doing. I'm going to say it over and over again, but they are 100% tanking. I, I've never seen anything like it. It's it's whack. Um, anyway, pretty boring game. Just continues the boring slate of Monday Night Football games. And thank God they're boring because I personally cannot deal with 
um, Booger McFarlane, and I don't know the other guy because he's actually pretty decent, but Booger is mediocre, and his name is Booger. So, yeah, even more of a reason to roast him. Moving on, um, we got the Seahawks and Falcons. The Seahawks won 27-20, and, well, Matt Ryan was out for this game after getting injured, and, I mean, they were losing 24-0. Matt Schaub comes in to replace him, and he threw for a ton of yards, 460 yards, one touchdown, one interception, but let's be honest, like, yards are, I think this might be a hot take for some people. But I think yards are a pointless stat almost for quarterbacks. Like, people will throw for 460 yards in a loss, like, and I don't see anything from that. Like, a few weeks ago, um, you had Jared Goff throwing for almost 500 yards. Maybe it was 500 yards against the Bucks. He had threw two touchdowns, three picks, and he had, like, a, a fumble recovered for a touchdown. So, that shows nothing about his game performance. You can air it out as much as you can if you want. But if I don't see those touchdowns, if I don't see those interceptions, then I can't judge you whatsoever. Um, going back to the game, Chris Carson right now, he is the fifth leading rusher in the NFL, I want to say. he I want to say he's the most underrated run, running back in football right now to the date. And I, I think that might be like a bold claim, but Chris Carson has been really good for the Seahawks. And, I mean, it makes me question the Rashad Penny pick because what did they... What were they missing in Chris Carson that they decided to draft Rashad Penny? That being said, Rashad Penny, uh, Rashad, Rashad, Rashad Penny, not Rashad. Rashad Penny has been decent in the few touches I've seen him have. Like he has, he has some burst. Um, overall, solid game for the Seahawks. They keep their winning streak going six and two. Atlanta is now one and seven, and I mean their season's over. I'm surprised they aren't selling more people other than Mohamed Sanu, to be honest. Um, Matt Ryan's health is... I don't know the full story on that. But that team is just a dumpster fire. And it's I think people are disappointed in the Bears and the Eagles and some other teams. But I'm the most disappointed in the Falcons this year. Because like, I had them... I had them winning... Not winning the division. But I had them like making the wild card as a guarantee pick. And... Right now, they're disappointing everyone in football, so we'll see how that goes. Um, moving on to the Buccaneers, who are now 2-5, and five, and the Titans, who pull off the win 27-23 to 23 in Tennessee. And I just feel bad for Mariota. I know I said this a couple weeks ago, but it's it's just true. Like Tannehill comes in for 193 yards, three touchdowns. Pretty good performance, and that's like better than most of Marcus Mariota's performances in his career. Like three touchdowns. I don't remember the stat, but there was a crazy stat. Like he was throwing like for three touchdowns, like in like ten percent of his games, like five percent or something like that. It was ridiculous. Someone needs to help Kyler Murray. Like he's, they just dropped a wide. He rolls out to the right and. I don't know who the receiver is, but he dropped it as it hit him square in the hands. Great throw by Murray while evading the 49ers pass rush. And just a drop. Like, the man had it in his hands. Number 19 of Arizona. Like, you need to work on those hands, man. Anyway, um, Derrick Henry saw a game. Mary, uh, Winston, this might be the end of Winston. I'm not sure. 
Winston's just such an odd quarterback. He goes off for a few games, then he just doesn't do anything for a few games. It is what it is. Mike Evans had a hell of a game. 11 receptions, 198 yards, two touchdowns. And this is a nice game to see Mike Evans have, as Chris Godwin has pretty much you know dominated um, his with his catches in the last few weeks. I believe he's still the number one fi- uh, fantasy wide receiver. And Mike Evans is sort of taking a back seat, which is crazy. And there were some rumors that Mike Evans was actually on the trade block. Um, that was mainly, you know, false rumors, I want to say, from Philly fans who were really hopeful. But um, Mike Evans, it's nice to see him come back and play a really good game. Third and five. Ooh, bad throw by Murray. Christian Kirk was wide open. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Murray right now. I think it's mostly positive, but we'll see as this game goes on. I think we we still we still got a nice amount of time left in this podcast to talk about stuff. Um. Anyway, Tannehill. Tannehill is playing strangely well, and I think this sort of just it it, it hurts Mariota. Mariota is a great guy in that community, but. If Tannehill, Tannehill is playing better than him, like straight up, and I don't see how Marcus Modi or Mariota returns as the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans next year. It's, it's hard, it's painful to say, but I think that's the sad truth right now. Moving on to Broncos at Colts, this is a really low-scoring game, fifteen to thirteen. The Colts move on with a dub, five. Uh, they're now five and two. The Broncos are now two and six. This just seems like a really boring game to talk about. Joe Flacco doing Joe Flacco things, throwing under 200 yards like he normally does. Marlon Mack with, I believe, the sole touchdown of the game. Um, Jacoby Brissett was quietly dormant, but I actually want to talk about Jacoby Brissett a little bit. The man is leading the league in touchdown passes right now. Don't have the number off the top of my head because I really don't have any numbers off the top of my head right now. But he is playing lights out football and I think it's going to go under the radar I mean now it might be going over the radar because a lot of people are talking about it but I think people should be talking about it and right now I I think I have the Colts making a surprise run for that number two seed over the Chiefs like that's my bold pick as of right now as of October 31st at 8.57 Eastern time before you know like Jacoby Brissett tears his ACL or something gonna knock on wood real quick for a mall because i don't want that to happen i love the colts this year their team is so well well built what chris ballard has done is amazing drafting two all pros people he was getting hate for that drafting an offensive guard and some no-name linebacker and darius leonard getting two first all first team all pros first year that's remarkable and the fact is checking the numbers during trade trade deadline they were first in the NFL in cap space with like $45 million or something ridiculous like that. They barely spent it this year. The team is just so well built, and it's fun to see. And, I mean, the, the they traded for Jacoby Brissett two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, for a third-round pick from the New England Patriots. And it is working out really well. Like, people were saying that, oh, they might not even go win six games Right now they're winning five. They've won five games in seven week in seven weeks. So I think they're studying a lot of people. I think Frank Reich should have won that Coach of the Year candidate, but obviously that's a narrative award. Otherwise, Bill Belichick would win it every year. 
but the fact is, right now, I think leading that chase has to be Frank Reich or Sean Payton, both who lost. I mean, Reich lost his, you know, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback in for the entire season to a surprise retirement. Like, that's a crazy storyline. Um, Sean Payton, he lost his Hall of Fame quarterback for five games. Another crazy storyline. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what it comes down to at the end of the year. I think Frank Reich probably wins it because he's dealing with all that, but we'll see. Um, Chicago, not Chicago, yeah, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy is a good coach, but I think Reich deserved to win it. I think he's overall the better coach right now, and Philadelphia is really missing him as their offensive coordinator, and I think that's pretty clear. Moving on, um, Bengals to Rams. The Bengals, I think people are, the Bengals are low-key the worst team in football. Like, the Dolphins are trying to tank. The Bengals, I think they're trying to win games. And August, uh, October 29th, trade deadline, you have Andy Dalton getting benched for the rookie Ryan Finley. Shout out to Saifola, one of my friends who who said Ryan Finley would be the best quarterback in this year's draft class. Obviously, he's not correct yet, but he's starting, so I'll give him a shout-out. The Bengals suck, man. The Rams are not the best right now, and they're, they manhandled this team. Completely manhandled. That flea flicker play to Cooper Cup, who, by the way, had 220 yards, one touchdown, and seven receptions. Cooper Cup is one of the biggest problems I have with the 2017 draft class because with the Eagles draft class like we could have had him I wanted to draft him he had the same Asian as Carson Wentz and everything that didn't happen and that not happening is probably one of my saddest things going back to topic though Cooper Cup is really good that flea flicker was completely just like the Bengals look like a high school team and that might even be an insult to high school football teams like they had no clue what was going on and Creative play calling by Sean McVay, which is nice to see. I think, obviously, people were sort of worried when they're three and three. Right now, they're five and three after going on a two-game win streak. That being said, they didn't really beat that good teams, that like really good teams. But still, they're winning. Their their offense looks slightly more creative, which is nice to see. Um, overall, pretty positive game for the Rams. Now. Um, Cardinals Saints, the Cardinals got blown out 31-9. Drew Brees in his return game, three touchdowns, one interception. Kyler Murray looks sort of confused, and I think something no one's talking about this year is the Saints defense being right up there with New England, right up there with the Niners. Like, And I think, I can't look at the numbers right now, but what these three teams are doing, specifically the Niners and the Patriots, they're playing, they're having legendary defensive seasons in an era where it's all about offense. And I think that's probably the biggest flex you can have right now. Like, you're playing great defense in a league where the rules are specifically made for you to fail. So, shout out to all those teams, Saints included, who are playing great defense right now because that is something that's not being talked about. And frankly, I, as a fan and that is speaking from my opinion. I prefer good defense rather than scoring like 80 points a game. I think it's more fun with that nice 27 to 24 game where someone comes back and scores like a field goal to win the game. Like those are the type of games I like to watch. And so for like more diehard fans, I think 
the a defense sort of coming back a little bit, at least in these top three teams, is great for the NFL. But obviously, there might be some rule change in the future, which makes it even more offense happy to you know attract more people. George Kittle is really good. Oh my god. Just stiff arms his way into the end zone. What a legend. That is nice. I know, uh, speaking about George Kittle, I know I'm hopping around a lot this podcast. This is my first time doing a solo episode. I'm sort of experimenting with everything. Anyway, George Kittle, I know he's been having sort of a down year right now, uh, at least touchdown-wise, but his route running on this completely shakes off Buda Baker. Stiff arms Uta Baker after he comes to make the tackle later in the play. Just complete monster play by George Kittle. And I think he's showing everyone why he's he's one of those top three elite tight ends. Him, uh, Ertz, and Kelsey. And the Niners tied up 7-7. Seven to seven. Fun game so far. I'm enjoying it. Um, So yeah, Kyler Murray looks sort of lost. Michael Thomas has a nice game. Latavius Murray, in the absence of Alvin Kamara, 21 carries for 102 yards, one touchdown. Great game by him. I mean, that Saints team is so well built. You're missing your, I don't know if he's won an All-Pro, but uh, he should have won an All-Pro if he hasn't already. And Alvin Kamara, one of the best running backs, best probably second best dual threat running back after CMC right now this year. Missing him. You missed Drew Brees. He went 5-0 and in that stretch. Like, that to me is incredible, and I saw I heard this earlier, but in a game without Drew Brees, Sean Payne has never won a game. And so I know people were talking about, oh, if we could go like three and three, or two and four, stuff like that, maybe we could make the wild card or somehow clinch the division based on how it runs out. But no, like they're the number number two seeds right now in the NFC, and they could be number one. I don't know the tiebreakers, but they could be number one. If the Cardinals somehow pull up and up, pull an upset tonight, like to me that's remarkable. I know I touched on the coaching by Sean Payne earlier, but it is truly remarkable what he's doing. And I'm hats off to him, man. Great coach. I know he's got some some hate for his hate of the refs or whatever, but I think what he's doing there in New Orleans is special. So moving on to the Jets versus Jaguars, Minshew Magic is back. Three touchdowns. Leonard Fournette is low-key leading the league, and he's second in the league in rushing yards, which I didn't see because I personally did not like Fournette. I Not coming out of college, but last few years he's been hurt a lot, ankle injuries. He's a bit heavier, so he's more susceptible to all those types of injuries. And he's surprising me this year. He's running the ball really well. And like I said, second in the league in rushing, and I think that's one of the players that's not getting talked about enough. And I think we should start talking about him more. Um, Minshew, three touchdowns. The Jaguars won this game 29-15. They're not 4-4. Four four. The Adam Gase Jets are now 1-6. Adam Gase should be fired ASAP, in my opinion. Um, Le'Veon Bell, who was mysteriously on the trade deadline for like three hours on Tuesday. That was just weird. He... He was he was on the trade deadline. Rambi Anderson was on the trade deadline, and nothing happened from it. Um, that being said, Adam Gase seems to have a rift with Le'Veon Bell. The fact that he was even mentioned on the trade market that was reported before. Sam Darnold is having a rough couple weeks. I think he's thrown eight interceptions the last two weeks. 
for two touchdowns, not playing well. And those ghost comments could really come back and haunt him. And I hope they don't. But it looks like he's seeing ghosts on the field by the way he's playing. And they scored seven. They were losing, I want to say, 26. Wait, no. 22 to 7 before they scored points in garbage time. Um, Le'Veon Bell, nine attempts, 23 yards. That offensive line is bad. He can't run the ball. I don't understand why they signed a running back if they don't have a good offensive line. And I heard some people talking about this, like they're thinking trading Le'Veon Bell was a good move so they could draft offensive line. And I would not be against that at all because that offensive line is mediocre. We saw it in Philly. I saw it firsthand. They were just bad. They allowed 10 sacks. And that's not how you develop a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. You're, first of all, the seeing ghost is going to mess with him. And then second of all, he's getting pressured an unbelievable amount. Can't open up running hole of running. Uh, can't open up the running game whatsoever. Just putting an enormous amount of pressure on him. That team is not built well whatsoever. They're definitely one of the worst teams in football. Moving on to the Chargers Bears. And I just want to say the biggest thing the Eagles have done this season has nothing to do with them. But them screwing up the Bears' kicking position for like the rest of the decade is pretty funny. And I'm happy that the double double doink happened. And the fact is that they were they were doing pretty well this game and Mitch Trubisky made some plays on his legs. And I was saying I was saying Matt Maggie was he was he's he's a good coach, but he's made some questionable play calls by not even running a single play. With like 40 seconds left in the game, he could have moved that field goal from a 41-yarder to maybe a 30-something yarder, making it easier for um, his kicker, uh, Eddie Pinheiro, who hit a game winner earlier this year uh, against, I'm forgetting the team, but he hit a game winner against Denver. And like, so I think right now he's one for two on game winners. So I, I can't really fault him for that. Finally, David Montgomery had a good game, but uh, for 23, uh, 27 attempts, 136 yards. Flashing back to Kyle Murray right now, I think the offensive line is so bad, he runs around a ton. Like He spins around, he's trying to do some Russell Wilson stuff. He just took a sack that pushed him back a solid, like just looking at this, Nick Bosa coming off the edge. He starts spinning and he spins like 10 yards behind where he started with the ball. And so that's definitely something he has to work on. Maybe just giving himself up early, living to play the next down. Because right now, like he's smashing the ball on the ground. You just lost 19 yards on one play. So, yeah, you got to work on that, Kyler Murray. Going back to Chicago, um, the fact that they ran not even a single play to move closer shows how much faith they have in Trubisky, which is zero. Trubisky, if Trubisky was a second round pick or wasn't, you know, second overall pick, he would have been benched by now. Chase Daniel was better for this team, better for how they want to play football. And the fact that Mitch Trubisky is still starting is atrocious, but you can't not start him because of the second overall pick pedigree. Just a really bad scenario for them. I know, I know one of my friends really loves Mitch Trubisky, but you got to face it, man. He's just not a good player, and he's probably the thing that's holding them back. And the fact that the three and four is just, it shows how bad I think um, Mitch Trubisky is. Phillip Rivers had an okay game. Nothing really special here other than the Bears missing that game-winning kick. Moving on to a game I want to talk about. 
Um, Philly is now four and four. They beat the previously five and one Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, thirty-one to thirteen. The weather in this game was really weird. Ooh, and the Niners just dropped an interception that would have been a pick six by Fred Warner, who he's another underrated player that people don't talk about. I'm loving, I'm loving how this defense is playing. It's really fun to watch. Um, so Philly, this game was like 30 to 40 mile per hour wins. People were running around. Um, uh, people were, it was raining a lot. And Josh Allen, Josh Allen impressed me. He was the leading rusher and he had for 45 yards, which shows you how the, well this game played out. He impressed me in one aspect, as in every single play he was under pressure and every single play he was doing something. Like he was evading that pressure, doing something crazy, trying to make throws. His accuracy was weird, but I think that's how it normally is, sort of. His decision-making was kind of off. But that being said, I'm going to give him sort of a benefit in the doubt with the wind. But he has a strong arm, so he probably should be able to you know, push it through. Josh Allen is just an inaccurate quarterback who has wheels. And if he can sort of increase his accuracy, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Overall, really good game by Philly. They completely just nailed the head in the coffin in this game. They had to win this game to go 4-4, four and four, and their future outlook is sort of more bright. On the Buffalo side, um, I'm still not worried about Buffalo. They're going to make the playoffs solely based on that easy schedule. Like Most of their games, other than like the Patriots, are pretty easy games for them to win. So I would not be shocked if they snuck their way into the wild card. I don't think they'd win any games, but... I think they're guaranteed a playoff team in the AFC right now. Moving on to the Giants at the Lions. The Lions win this game 31-26. to Danny Dimes going off. I love to see it, even though he's a Giant. Four touchdowns, 322 yards. Um, Saquon Barkley with that mean stiff arm. Like He's completely demolishing these guys. Grown man, grown men. and like These are parents. These are fathers. These are daddies. And they're just getting demolished by Saquon. And it's fun to watch. Um, the Lions, 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. I hate that they're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. They should be 4-2-1. and one. The rest didn't screw him out of that Packers game. Um, Kenny Galladay is really good. I think he's... I don't know if he's given a nickname yet. But it should be Mini Megatron. If not, if that's not what it is already. Um, or maybe Megatron 2.0. Whatever the Lions fans want to come up with. Um, overall, the Lions are a talented team. I'm surprised that Darius Slay was actually on the trade market at all. Because, uh, actually not really, because the Vikings and the Packers are running away with this division. Um, it's still weird. They're still a competitive team. Like, trading to Quadro Diggs, we talked about this last week. That was a weird move for me. Same thing with trying to trade Darius Slay. Really weird move for me. It is what it is. Moving on to my surprising game of the week. I had the Panthers winning this game, and so did Amal. The Panthers now 4-3, and three, losing 13-51 to 51 against the Niners. Tevin Coleman having four total touchdowns. That defense, again, completely demolishing. Kyle Allen throwing three picks after not throwing a single one the entire year, I believe, which is, I want to say, was the third longest streak for a rookie quarterback and, or, uh, third longest streak to start the season or something like that, or to start their career. It was the career. Dak Prescott is number one in that stat, if I'm correct. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, 
I remember reading about this earlier, and I completely agreed with it. I didn't completely agree with it, but I agree with it now. Um, Kyle Allen doesn't have the strongest arm, so the minute he sees an opening, he has to push the ball through. No hesitation. And the Niners' defense is so good. I'm watching them right now. Like They're playing amazing, and they know how to disguise those coverages really well. And I think that's what happened to Kyle Allen. He just got completely messed up. Um, McCaffrey, really good game for him. 117 yards, one touchdown on 14 attempts. McCaffrey is, uh, I don't know, because the Panthers are 4-3 right now, but going forward, I don't know if he's, he's still like a low-key MVP candidate. Really surprising game for me that for the Niners. Like, their team is so well-built. And it's surprising. Like, Kyle Shanahan is actually a good coach. He might win Coach of the Year, to be honest. Like, just based on the fact that their team went from, like, the second overall pick in the NFL draft to being unbeated, unbeaten going into Week 9. That's very... That's another really good storyline. And I, this is fun to see for Niners fans. Like, they struggled through all those bad years when... Kaepernick was bad, and then they had C.J. Beathard starting games, and then Jimmy G got hurt. It's nice for them to finally get a good team. Now, moving on to the Browns-Patriots, I want to touch on Baker Mayfield's comments, first of all. Um, so, um, the Browns lost this game 13-27. to And um, Baker Mayfield was not good. He At one point, they had three turnovers, and... Three straight plays the Browns offense did to this Patriots defense who are now, uh, still undefeated. That cannot happen. But once they started giving the ball to Nick Chubb, they started doing stuff. And I think Nick Chubb is definitely the best player on this offense. And it's great to see like see them actually handing it off. But going back to um, going back to his comments. So for those who don't know, and this is sort of low key. I haven't heard much about this in the media. I just happened to happen upon an article about this, but Breaker Mayfield sort of he told he said to a reporter after the game, "That's such a dumb question. Like, what a stupid question!" And then he just walked out of the press conference. And the conf- uh, the question was, um, "What do you think about that drive uh, that ended in no points?" And this is the drive where um, they had a fourth and eleven, and then they took a penalty for no reason to stop the clock, to like save a timeout, and it became 4th and 16. And the reporter who, who he asked the dumb question, he's just like, why did, what do you think about that drive? A drive that ended in no points, and Baker Mayfield was like, that's a stupid question, and he walked out. And some people were saying, that's just really aggressive and rude or whatever. But I like this, and he's just showing what he thinks, and right, like, he, that's part of his character, and he said this on Twitter, and I completely 100% agree with it. He's backing up what he said. You can't just say I'm emotional sometimes and then passionate about the game other times. Like, you got to stay consistent, and I 100% agree with that. What Baker Mayfield, his play is not there on the field right now. I'm blaming most of that, or a lot, not most, I'm blaming a lot of that on Freddie Mitchell. Just uncreative offense, just, uh, not Freddie Mitchell, Freddie Kitchens uncreative offense just they don't have an O-line it's just weird and he's not really showing he's not really showing Browns fans and giving them good faith in why he was hired at all going back to Mayfield's comments though Mayfield I'm backing up with him on this like 
the reporter, people don't know about this, but the reporter has hated Baker Mayfield since his rookie year, consistently asking dumb questions like he's had it out for him. His name's Tony something. Browns fans know what I'm talking about. He's just a guy that people are hating, uh, who hates on Baker. And he asked a pretty retarded question, in all honesty. And he got what he deserved by Mayfield walking out. And he gave his answer on Twitter about why he walked out. So Mayfield has to start improving on the field. But off the field, people are going to say he's arrogant. And I 100% disagree. Those are my thoughts on that. We're moving on right now. So um, Raiders-Texans. Texans pull up the three-point win in the fourth quarter where they scored 14 points to win the game. This is a fun game. Carr played well. It was a back-and-forth game. Josh Jacobs right now, underrated player as well, along with Leonard Fournette. He's sixth in the league in rushing yards as a rookie. Really good. And for a player who a lot of people didn't have much faith in, they thought he was a reach the 24th overall pick or whatever it was. Josh Jacobs is proving people wrong. This Raider team is really good. And as Jimmy G throws a laser to don't know who that receiver is, number 84, for the um for the um Niners, they take a 14 to 7 lead. That was a crazy play. And I think Jimmy G's giving me a little bit more faith in him. Granted, the Cardinals' defense is mediocre, so I'll take everything with a grain of salt. Ooh, the ball is tipped as well. Unlucky play. Um, Going back to this Raiders game, the Raiders are a decent team, and it's fun to see. I think they could end up being like 7-9, something like that. Texans, Deshaun Watson's a beast. Three touchdowns. He had literally... Had one where his eye got poked at and he could only see it with one eye. Hopkins still keeping up consistent performances with 109 yards for the first time in a couple weeks. Fun to see. Texans are still a real team in this league. And I think they're, I'd say they're three teams that can compete with the Patriots right now. Kansas City, obviously, because Mahomes, Texans, uh, and the Colts. And those three teams are the ones I'm putting a lot of faith in right now. Um, moving on to the Packers and Chiefs. Packers are seven to one. Aaron Rodgers is a miracle master. The way the passes he's throwing is mi- crazy. Matt Moore plays a solid game. Aaron Jones is a beast. I know some people were saying he wasn't good. He's going off again, like the second or third week in a row or whatever. He's playing lights out. Back going back to the Chiefs. Andrew Reid's a good coach. Everyone knows that. Matt Moore is. He's he literally wins the backup. I didn't know who was still in the league award. He's playing decent, and I think. I think this just shows how well that offense is and how good of a coach they are they have there, because you're literally throwing in like a career backup and he's playing pretty well for your team. So, no shade thrown at Patrick Mahomes, who's I believe coming back after this week, which is shocking. But I've read this online, but his knees sort of weird, as in like he's almost like double jointed in his knee so he heals really fast for these kneecap injuries don't know if that's correct i'm not a doctor but if mahomes comes back then they have my confidence going forward even though they've lost the last three games i still have a ton of confidence in them um and then thursday night football we talked about that already redskins and vikings just a complete crapshoot no one wants to talk about that game 
So, uh, going to my predictions, I already said I had the Niners winning this game. Um, going in, I don't know how many point favors they were, but that's who I'm running with right now. And going to the Sunday night, uh, Sunday games, I believe this is this is the London game. Texans at, I'm not going to say at Jaguars, but somehow the Jaguars are always a home team in London. It's really weird, like, the relationship they have with London, but that's besides the point. Uh, the Texans are one-and-a-half-point favorites going into Minshew Magic's second home in in that city called London. Minshew is surprisingly playing really well. Like, looking at his touchdown to the interception, he's 13 for 2. I believe he's on track for 20, 26 and 4, which is, as a rookie, like, that's remarkable. Sean Watson is 16 and 5 in 8 games as well. He's on track for 32 touchdowns. This should be a fun game to see, but it's a London game. I think the fact that they're both traveling overseas and the Jaguars have done this before, I'm going to call a Jaguars... I can't call a Jaguars upset. I'm going to say the Texans win this game. It's going to be close, though, which I think the one at one point, one and a half point spread is pretty accurate. Um, Colts at Steelers. Colts are one-point favorites at Heinz Field. I think this should be more. I think Jacoby Brissett is better than Mason Rudolph. I think the entire team is way better than the Steelers right now. Don't want, don't even need to talk about this game much. Like James Conner has been playing surprisingly bad with a rookie quarterback, uh, second year player. Mason Rudolph is pretty much a rookie quarterback. That offense is not really. That team is just not really instilling confidence in me. They are, after all, only three and four. I'm taking Jacoby Brissett. I can't just say you're about to compete with the Patriots and then have you losing to the Steelers. I go with the Jacoby Brissett, Frank Reich, and the Colts 100%. Um, so the Jets at the Dolphins tank off of the week. Um, the Jets are three-point favorites in Miami. Um, I'm going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick accidentally fumbles himself into a win against the Jets because it's going to happen. Um... Matt Walton's the only starting running back right now, pretty much. And Le'Veon Bell, that I think Darnold's woes continue on, and he's going to have another rough week. It's sad to say, but I think it will happen. Um, I had the Dolphins pulling up an upset, pulling an upset in one of those games where Fitzmagic happens and most teams would be happy, but the Dolphins aren't going to be happy. And then to probably do something stupid like start Rosen again. Um, moving to Chicago at Philly. Um, Philly is four and a half point favorites in this game. I is Sean Jackson's coming back. Miles Sanders, who had a shoulder injury, is coming back. I don't normally predict these games. I predicted the last week and we won. I predicted I predicted the Bills to win. I think Philly wins. Four and a half points spread sounds about accurate. It's in Philly after a three game road stretch. I think we might almost start a restart set button this year. Uh, this after in the second half of the season. Don't want to get my hopes up high, but I think our at home defense is way better than our away defense, and that field is that uh stadium link is going to be electric after being away for like three weeks. I think Philly wins this game. Uh, Vikings at Chiefs. This is probably one of the games of the week right now. Just looking at the rough schedule. The Chiefs are two-point favorites in Arrowhead. Mahomes is slated to play. 
And if he slated the play, then I have the Chiefs winning this game for sure. Um, I know, I know um, Kirk Cousins won Player of the Month for October. Well-deserved after all that hate he was getting earlier in the season. But that being said, the Chiefs are – they have a better coach. They have a better offense. And they don't have a better defense for sure. But I'm going to take that offense in a shootout. It's going to end up being a high-scoring game. I'll take Kansas City. Dalvin Cook still leading the league in rushing, I believe. And that's – Dalvin Cook is showing everyone why he was drafted in the second round. People were hating on him, saying, like, why he's injured. He has fumble issues. But he's he's putting his name up there in the league when it comes to being an elite player. Right now he's on pace for 1,600 yards. And we'll see how that goes on later in the league. But 1,600 yards is ridiculously well. Stephon Diggs, 700 yards. It's, it's remarkable what Dalvin Cook and Stephon Diggs are kind of doing right now. So we'll see if that continues. I think Mahomes win this game, though. It's going to be a shootout. All those guys are going to have great numbers. We'll see how it goes. Um, Redskins at Bills. Uh, Bills are 9.5-point favorites. I don't think it will be... I think it will be much closer than that just because the Bills sort of seem to play close games. I want to say Dwayne Haskins is starting this game uh, after Case Keenum gets hurt. And... I mean, the Bills' defense, if they're facing Dwayne Haskins, it's going to be a good night. It's in Buffalo. Don't see the Bills losing two games in a row, against, especially against this Redskins team. I'm calling this my lock of the week. I think the Bills 100% win this game. Titans at Panthers. Both teams are, well, Titans are 4-4. Four and four. Panthers are 4-3. and three. It's in um, Carolina. Panthers are three and a half point favorites. I think they win this game. I think Callahan has a bounce up game, bounce back game. I think McCaffrey bounces. Well, he doesn't need to bounce back. He played really well, but I think that whole Panthers team will bounce back. Ryan Tannehill is still starting. He's playing pretty well. And that being said, I think this Panthers team is just far too talented to lose to the Titans, especially at home. I picked the Titans to win. Bucks at Seahawks. Seahawks are five-point favorites. I kind of wish I could change my lock of the week from Redskins to Bills, so I'm just going to have two locks of the week because I make the rules. Um, I say the Seahawks 100% are going to win this game. Um, Jameis Winston has had really up and down... <coughs> sorry, sorry. Really up and down performance. That was a weird cough. Um, 14 tw- t- touchdowns, 12 picks. I mean, he's tied in the he's tied in the lead... With Baker Mayfield with 12 interceptions, that's just not good. Um, Pausing real quick. Ooh, Murray passes nice out route for the first down on third down. I'm I'm liking Murray right now. I might just talk about him a little bit at the end of the uh, at the end of this podcast. I Chris Godwin. I said it earlier. He's playing lights out. Chris Carson's also playing lights out. I think Russell Wilson is still the MVP, and I'm picking the MVP over the Bucks all day. Seahawks cover the spread. I think they win by a touchdown. Moving on to the Lions at Raiders. Raiders are the two and a half point favorites in Oakland. I almost said Las Vegas. No, they're not even like. I think they're moving next year. I think the Lions win this game. I'm. They're two and a half point favorite. No, sorry, they're two and a half point underdogs. I think. I think the Lions 
are going to shock some people this year. I know they can't really shock people right now, but I think they're a better team than what their record says. And I think they win. Um, moving on, um, the Browns are 2-5 and five against the 2-6 Broncos. They're four-point favorites. I think they win this game. I don't care how bad their offense has been. Joe Flacco just doesn't know how to throw at all. He's, he throws everything short. He's not... He's just... I don't even know what to say about him. He's just not an entertaining player. And Matt Breida... Ooh. Matt Breida's a fast player. I know he's been injured or whatever, but he's still really fast. Browns, I just can't pick the Broncos to win a game. Just that team is such a dumpster fire. Joe Flacco instills no confidence. He's I think at this point he's playing for the paycheck and nothing else. He He's not a leader in that team. He's not a good player. I just have no faith in him whatsoever. I think... Browns win this game, and it's going to be a really bad game, too. hope no one actually watches this game. Um, so, s- Packers at Chargers. Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The Chargers are just really bad, like, compared to what my expectations expectations were for them this year. I think the Packers keep their winning streak going. They're going to win four in a row right now. Go eight and one. I don't think it'll be that close of a game. The Chargers are... Really surprising they went from like having one of the most talented rosters like last year to just not having a talented roster in one year, which is something I love about the NFL. You get all this parody. And other than the Patriots, like every year you got like two, three, four, five teams in the playoffs who were just completely different every year. And that's just fun. And it, sadly, the Chargers are on the wrong side of this, but it's just how the league goes. The Packers win this game. Um, I think they win it by like a touchdown or ten points, maybe even. Um, Patriots at Ravens. This is game of the week, I think, in my opinion. Um, the Patriots are going into um, Baltimore, who are uh, the Ravens are five and two. Patriots are three point favorites, and I don't know how to what to think about this game. I think I'm gonna pull the uh, I'm gonna call the upset. I think the Ravens win this game. I think. Bill Belichick, even though he's like the greatest defensive coordinator of all time, I don't even know if you can call him that, but one of the defensive best defensive masterminds of all time, I think he's gonna be sort of struggle. He's gonna struggle with Lamar Jackson's running. I think they'll control the passing game, but the running game, the running game will get something. I think the running game will, will definitely mess with that offense. You saw it happen in Seattle. You see it happen every week, and Lamar Jackson is. An interesting breed of quarterback. I want to talk about him in the future with Amal, hopefully next week, because he's shocking to me. But what he's doing is a miracle, and it's fun to watch. And I don't want to say he's Mike Vick 2.0, because I think he's almost a better passer than Mike Vick. He's going to be a Lamar Jackson 1.0, and it's going to be fun to see a player like that. And Monday Night Football, another boring... uh, I don't want to say this is a boring game, actually. The Cowboys are going to the Giants. They're seven-point favorites. My hatred for the Cowboys is going to make me pick Danny Dimes to pull an upset right now. I think they can pull an upset. I don't think they've beaten the Cowboys in the longest time, in all honesty. 
But I think they have. I think Danny Dimes can do enough for them to win this game, and there's no real basis behind this. But my hatred for the Cowboys is making me choose the Giants. So I'm done with all my scripted stuff. Just gonna talk about this game real quick. Um, three minutes left in the second quarter. George Kittle is playing mean. I love how he plays. Kyler Murray has done a little bit, but I know I said this earlier. He was running around like crazy and nothing was happening. Like He was just putting himself in a bad position. And right now, this, this 49ers run game is really good. Like Their offensive line, don't know if Michael McClinchy is back yet, but they had some injuries on that offensive line and they're still playing amazingly well. Like they're opening up holes. Um Matt Breed is literally just sprinting for like fifteen yard gains like every second or third time he touches the ball. Really fun to watch and how this team has been built. Even like Jimmy G just fell and he just managed to get the handoff off that pitch off. And he's still running for like a ton of yards. It's crazy. This might also be a testament to how bad the Cardinals' um, defense is. But the way it's looking, like, the Niners are slowly just running the football. Like, they're doing nothing else. Like, they're barely passing the football almost. Running really, relying really heavily on the run. And it's working. Um, So far, Kyler Murray hasn't done anything shocking. And I'm not... Obviously, I don't know how that this is gonna go later on in the game. I might make like record something afterwards to give my impressions of what I thought, but he is not really impressive. This Cardinals defense is not impressing me whatsoever. Uh, I think still think the Niners win this game. Anyway, um, if I add in something after the game, it's gonna be right here. So to me in the future editing this video add in whatever you want to add in right here okay so this is future me two hours later um after the game um the 49ers stay on beating beat the um beat the arizona cardinals 28 to 25 um just quick takes Kenyon drake was really good this game and i think adam gaze just didn't know how to use him and that just shows you how mediocre of a coach he is. Just going back to the Jets. Um, Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray, I know I said some bad things about him, or not good things about him earlier. He played pretty good, actually. Um, his mobility, you could see that flash at times when he ran for a few, like, a couple, like, 20-yard runs. He knows how to extend the play, which, like, the way he moves, he looks, he looks faster than most of the players on the field, which is... Very, very interesting to see as a quarterback. He and Lamar Jackson will be interesting to watch later on uh, in their careers. Um, Going to the Niners, their defense is still really good. Allowed that 88-yard uh, touchdown to Andy Isabella near the end of the game. Um, I think Jimmy G played really well tonight. Four touchdowns. First Niners quarterback since Jeff Garcia in 2000. So it's been 19 years since they've had a, uh, a quarterback throw for three touchdowns and four four or more touchdowns and 300 or more yards. Um, they built around, they took a gamble and they built around Jimmy G. And so far it's been paying off really well for them and they're the only undefeated team in the NFC. 
Um, the Cardinals can take some solace in the fact that they've been they were pretty competitive this week against a really good Niners team that no one saw coming. And Murray Flash Kingsbury didn't look completely inadequate inadequate or um he looked pretty decent. He had that one call where he iced his own defense to end the second half and that literally might have been the difference of the game to be honest. So, I mean that shows you like one fluke thing could have easily turned this game the other way around and we could be talking about the Cardinals upsetting the Niners. Which would be insane. Division games, things like that can happen all the time. But still, I don't think many people would have seen that coming. Um, just thinking. Um, just thinking. There wasn't much left to talk about this game. The refs were overall pretty good. There was one really bad um, ineligible receiver down the field call on the Cardinals like in the third quarter. But otherwise, like I don't think there was any like audacious calls that one call where they called the um 49ers they called it a first down and it was a first down I think and it was really close the one where um Tevin Coleman just got out of bounds at the end that was a really good call they spotted that ball perfectly so I mean I, I know I start, we were talking about the refs earlier like a couple episodes ago and saying how like we, did we need we have a problem in the NFL and I still think that's true but I think we also have to acknowledge that a lot of these refs make a lot of good calls that go unnoticed. So shout out to the refs for making some good calls tonight on Thursday Night Football. Um, overall, can't say much more about this game. Um, 49ers still doing it, which is crazy. Um, love the Cardinals' competitiveness. They really showed out in, that, uh, in this game, made it a fun game to watch Thursday Night Football. Anyway, um, I think that's all for right now. So thanks for listening, you guys. If you like this podcast, give it a review. Share it.